0: Hello and welcome to the Gentle Cast. Your hosts for today, Alex and Bruno. Right, so today we're going to be talking about the financial crisis. So uh, we don't really want to give like a very technical overview or anything like that. If you want to figure out what happened, uh, you know, facts and figures, uh, you probably should go somewhere else. Uh, I recommend something like The Big Short or Inside Job. Uh, what we want to discuss, though, is moral dimensions of it. So, um, how, or, or are bankers evil, or did they just sort of follow some weird structure whereby they weren't really realising what they were doing? Or mm-hmm. is it both, or whatever? Um, yep. So, probably should give you a tiny bit of an overview over the financial crisis, though. So, uh, we're going to start from there. Um, probably best thing to know is what the build-up was. So, what sort of generated uh, the context within which a financial crisis could have happened. Um, So in the 30s, we had the big depression, right? Um, big crises, very, very, very awful, lots of people died, lots of people lost their jobs, Uh, so the US government enacted the Glass-Steagall Act, which basically separated investment banking and commercial banking functions. Yeah, we so, should probably explain that a bit. So,
1: yeah, um, like investment banks and commercial banks um, have very different operations. So, like investment banks will do things like investing in like very risky proprietary trading, um, whereas commercial banks are where you and I keep your money. Um, and the Glass Steagall Act made it so that the two parts of a bank's operations couldn't couldn't interact. So basically yeah. Yeah. So like if if you're uh, if you're like Joe Blogg's on the street, um, Goldman Sachs or probably bad examples, they didn't until recently they didn't actually have a commercial banking arm. Um, but like a like a big bank, like Royal Bank of Scotland, they couldn't have used your um, like under the Glass-Steagall Act. They couldn't have used your, your like your deposits yeah. to invest in like highly risky proprietary
0: trading. Basically, yeah. And if you wanted to, then go to an investment bank, you could and just give them your funds or yeah. whatever, and they would yeah. set Exactly. So basically, very different functions, um, and they just served yeah different purposes mm-hmm. for for the global populace. Uh, Building up to the 80s, but especially during the 80s, uh, there was a big wave of deregulation. So instigated by people like uh, Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, this is what we call neoliberalism. Yeah, now. and there's then there's arguments for why you would do it and why you wouldn't do it. We mm-hmm. won't really want to go too deep into them, but um, it it does spur economic growth, absolutely, which is why you can see big. Big growth, at least monetary growth, from the 80s onwards, um, and it obviously had an effect on the markets. You know, like basically equities have been going within, up like, since. within specific
1: sectors. Yeah. so like in, it, yeah. under like super hyper deregulation under Thatcher and Reagan, the financial sector was booming and booming yeah. and booming. And this is what you see in place. Well, in <coughs> London, London's a financial hub as well as New
0: York. I mean, it's all part. So of it. there's it's lots right. of
1: people who like say that it doesn't help at all because yeah. it's just boosting the financial section Does the financial sector actually? add
0: value these, yeah, aren't, th- th- these I mean, aren't questions we're going to answer today yeah, but it's a yeah, exactly, compl- a lot, a views issue, on it. There's a lot yeah. of views on it um and we, we're not going to take either side we're just basically putting it as that's what happened yeah, right precisely uh, then in the end of the 90s precisely in 1998 um city corp and travelers co merged now this was technically an illegal merger uh, as per the the glass eagle act um, but they basically managed to get an exemption for a year uh, and then the Glass-Eagle Act was overturned by the Blyam Leachy... Uh, have I said that right, Blyam? No, Graham Leach, yeah. Blyly, my <laughs> <by> bad. <laughs> Something like that, yeah, by yeah. that Act, um, which basically allowed uh, investment banks, uh, insurance insurance companies... Commercial banks and basically most financial entities to merge. There was no separation yep. there, right? Um, the reason you wouldn't want an insurance company with a bank is because insurance basically is dealing with people's safety and banks are dealing with people's money, right? So you don't really want to put those together. But anyway, it happened. And anyway, Travelers Co had a whole load of. I think Travelers Co also had an investment bank. And I'm pretty sure Citigroup then bought out what was Salmon Brothers at the time, mm-hmm. uh, who were uh, an investment bank. Um, and anyway, um, that allowed basically for for big banks like like Citi, what, what is now Citigroup or Bank of America or JP Morgan, any of them, to basically have both sides of the aisle, right? So they had the commercial banks for everyone's funds, and then they also had investment banks with just massive capitalization. And, and they could just, use the funds for whatever for, they wanted, for basically. For whatever, right? whatever they wanted. Yeah. So what we need to understand as well by finan- about financial... Um, Regulation is that banks are allowed to use 90% of people's funds for investment. So Ooh, the, whatever the liquidity oh, ratio work. is a, it's called a call liquidity ratio. It's normally at 10%. That's the amount of funds you need to keep. I think it's way, wasn't it
1: way lower than that?
0: Like it was well, really, really it, low. 10 is the rule. But at any given point, you might have more or less than but 10%. But pre the financial crisis, I think it was like super low. I don't mm, know. I actually don't know. I, yeah. I don't think so. I think it was very similar um, in okay. terms of liquidity ratios. But it doesn't... It, it's basically, in in practical terms, that may not happen at any given point. You could have yep. much less than that. And it ha- that has to do with... But that's considered to be safe... Producer has to do with check. cash flows, right? And and it has gonna, to do with actual You're going to have to
1: check the, like, the fractional reserve ratio that yeah. banks require to hold. Yeah, I've
0: seen liquidity so fractional whatever it is. Anyway, anyway. point being... Um, point being dangerous yes so th- that <laughs> sort of spells the context right so investment banks commercial banks insurance all of the financial institutions you can think of were very closely linked very very closely linked and um, there's also a bit of trouble in that the the ch- the chairman of the Federal Reserve people in the in the in the Department of Fin what is it called in the US um, not the Ministry of Finance what's it bloody called the, which is the week, it doesn't matter the, the Treasury the that's Treasury. It. sorry the Treasury um, and and other aspects of of governmental financial activities, the people in charge, for the most part, were in some cases ex CEOs of investment banks or yeah, just, I mean, just highly linked. The, you know, to the United Wall Street, States, has had right? a long
1: history of people from Goldman Sachs yeah. moving from Goldman Sachs to into, into, of the, into of the yeah, or just going into government in some form or another. Yeah.
0: And that's that can be fine. That that's not necessarily yeah. A bad they, thing might, in itself, they might right? just they might be people with a lot qualified. of expertise. Yeah, but. Their tendency was to do to basically ensure deregulation, right? Yeah. They, there was all of this sort of tightening of bonds between Wall Street, you know, the pride and the pride of the U.S. Wall yeah. Street and and the government, which it doesn't necessarily mean illegal activity by by any means. It just means that that's what was going on, right? Yeah. And um, that they were very clo- uh, closely linked. Um, and in terms of how that translated into two thousand eight, uh, specifically for two thousand eight, it was the mor- mortgage <laughs> crisis, right? It was housing crisis. Yeah. So, uh, without getting too technical, uh, mortgage dealers were allowed to provide mortgages for people who couldn't pay them back, basically. Those are called subprime incentives. mortgages. They had incentives to do so. Yeah um they would then sell those mortgages to probably bigger mortgage brokers things like um fannie mae fannie mac um mm. national na- nationwide stuff like that yeah. and those they're sort of they're not called banks these are called um securitizers oh no they so well, yeah, the, the, the most similar thing. The most, yeah, they They take mortgages. Yeah, they deal with. mortgage. Oh, basically, they they deal with mortgages for the most part. They don't really <laughs> go into <laughs> yeah, other that's stuff. Yeah, not important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, deal with the sort of the the consumers, um, and then they would sell those securities. To to Goldman Sachs to JP Morgan once to investment they been, banks, once print, they've been packaged together and they would package them oh they package they them would oh, package I didn't know they would yeah because they're the market creators so they would create the what are called CDOs collateralized debt obligations forget about the name the name is irrelevant all you need to know is that they they would they would grab Bob's mortgage who <coughs> who cannot pay it back by the way and but that's fine because that mortgage is has just really really so. bad terms and conditions which allows him to to basically get a mortgage without having the assurance that he can pay it back yeah. And you get Christina's mortgage, which is exactly the same. And you get 9,000 other mortgages, which are yeah. just that bad. And then you put them together with, I don't know, 100 yeah. mortgages from Ryan and Chris, who actually can pay them back. And you well. package them together into a <laughs> new a new mortgage, a new asset, called a CDO. And, and you sell it. And you sell it to investors. And, and you the mad say, thesis was that if you just... Put a whole pile yeah. of shit into a corner, it suddenly turns into gold. Well, it's the diversification <laughs> problem where it's like, well, if you if you if you diversify with a lot of shit, it it, it will be better. And it's like, well actually no, if you diversify a lot of shit, it's just a lot of shit. It's a lot of shit, yeah. Um, uh, there's also another bit which is that rating agencies. So rating agencies basically rate assets and they give them grades best based on basically the the credit, it's a credit rating, right? On the, uh, yep. and the capacity that it will pay back. Ratings agencies were. A so key, it's a, it's basically a key a, yeah, a risk in the 2008 financial yeah, crisis. Yeah. And now it's not completely clear whether it was fraud, whether it was just, just you don't want gross, to make assumptions. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't proven either way, whether it was fraud or whether they just were incompetent idiots. But it's it's either all, or, or it could also be both. Um, and they were providing AAA ratings, <coughs> which are the highest ratings you can provide for for any asset class. That's called investment grade. Uh, to very very shitty securities, which were these CDOs, these aforementioned CDOs, which are just a pile of really bad mortgages yeah. that people and it was pay in back. their it was in their interest to do that because yes. the ones who were selling them the the ones
1: who were asking them to rate the mortgages were also their clients, yeah. so they, if, they got they got all their revenues from the people yeah. who, uh, who were
0: who were conflict of interest, There's massive conflict of interest. But but it's also good to know that you know rating agencies in theory would have those conflicts of interest all the time, right? Like any so it's it's not completely clear why specifically these. Were the, the the subprime mortgages were the ones that w- you know the the, the ratings Confl- were
1: conflicts of interest are normal in yeah.
0: industry every every different I mean like Facebook uh,
1: you know they they in theory they should be providing amazing services to the to you and I but their their interests are tied to to like enabling advertisers to maximize reach to consumers right. yeah, and they might exactly. there might be a conflict of interest that
0: yeah. happens across all different sectors yeah. so it's all it's, that's not, not exclusive to the, the financial bit, sector right? yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Anyway, it gets even more complex. If you want to yeah. learn more about this, I would really watch the Big Short. The Big Short is really yeah. good at explaining what every CDOs time you think are.
1: you understand it, it gets more complicated. Yeah, and yeah. especially
0: why they became a global thing because they could have just been kept in the US, right? But they they was they were then sold because they created synthetic CEOs, which were basically people betting on the changes in price on a CDO on this sort of on this amalgamation of bad mortgages. They would then bet on the diff- on the changes in price and create synthetic studios and then sell those to investors in Europe. It gets really complex. Oh, I don't want yeah. to go further into it, but it just gets... It's it's horrible. Anyway, how it got even worse is that they created these things called credit default swaps. Um, they were the so killer. Those were insurances, with ba- insurance companies like AIG, one of the biggest insurance companies in the world, would basically provide you a get-out-of-jail card, whereby if that CDO crashed, they would pay you back. It's basically insurance on your asset. But because these assets are AAA, it's like, well, they're never going to go bad. So you pay, you actually pay very, very little on the insurance Mm -hmm. because the premium is so low because it's considered really safe. It's like if you had a Volvo instead of a, imagine the CDO is considered to be Volvo, highest safety, Um, ratings for cars so your insurance is very low and if anything does happen they'll gladly pay you off because the chances of anything's going to happen to that car are much lower than if you had a Renault Clio from 1973. Um, isn't really this how the Big Short people is that how they shorted the um, Well that's how the Big the Short people market. made money. Yeah, yeah they that's they how they bought, shorted they the bought a load of credit a of whole load of CDOs yes, and yeah. made billions off of it. No, so um, yes. yeah, yeah. definitely watch Big Short or read the book because it's also great. Oh and if you are interested in any of that, also read anything by Michael Lewis, specifically Liars Poker. Also great. Anyway. So insurance companies are basically selling jail, get out of jail free cards. So that makes it even worse because in insurance is also involved in it so if if all of this comes down insurance companies cannot pay back the people they owe money right yeah which are the banks which is stupid so yeah. the banks who are fucking it all up will then get basically get paid back for fucking it up so there's another conflict yeah. of interest yeah. there the problem, is, it's-
1: problem is like this this actually in theory looks like a great situation like if everything if all the pieces work together this is great the yeah. problem is people ignored the systemic risk involved the- yes
0: so they forgot the most the basic principle which was can the lender sorry, can the, uh, the 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 mortgage owner basically the person who gets the mortgage out, can they pay back? Mm. And they couldn't. Yeah. They really couldn't. They yeah. had these things called ninja loans, which are like No you know, income, no, no job, yeah. no assets. There we go. Yeah. Which is just the most stupid thing in the world. Um so you had people on three, four. Five mortgages. Yeah, they had, had this hilarious. Non-payroll. They had this hilarious scene
1: in the big yeah. show where there was this well, the uh, stripper, the stripper, the stripper job, who, had, job, right? who, had, who had five homes in yeah. and two like condos or right? yeah, it, was, it was just it's it was just hilarious. Hilarious.
0: and they they would have had and they had these variable interest rates, right? So. If anything changes, they get absolutely fucked over. It's not like a a a, a, um, a fixed interest rate that you're going to pay over time. It's like if shit goes down, the interest rate's going to go boom up, and then suddenly your principal is really sl- really small. Yeah. But you're paying just ridiculous monthly um, interest payments, basically. Yeah. Or well, um, you're bankruptcy to bankruptcy. Yeah. Well, which is what most people had yeah, to do, right? Yeah. So that's called that's called defaulting. So yeah. they they most clients started or customers started defaulting on their on their loans, yeah. right? And as that happened, it trickled up. So that happened from 2005 to 2007, and they kept on saying that all of these defaults were localized. So they'd be lo- there would be small crashes in certain yeah, places like Miami problem. In Oklahoma, it won't spread. Yeah. What they didn't realize was these CDOs weren't packaged by um, by location. They were packaged randomly at times. So suddenly, it's affecting every single CDO, and that affects other things. And then suddenly, it's a di- it's a downward. Oh, what do you call it? A Downward Spiral. Downward Spiral. There we go. Um, And, uh, you know, (laughs) basically, all of the studios went to shit. Yeah. Um, And then they started saying, the
1: banks started saying, oh, like, great, we have this insurance, you know, call up our insurance broker. AIG
0: cannot pay you back because suddenly they have to pay $400 billion back and they don't have that money. (laughs) No, they didn't. Um, And it just it all went to mess, Uh, and then you know people like uh, Lehman, sorry people, investment banks like Lehman Brothers had so much exposure, so much exposure to these CDOs, right? When they they, weren't and they have to make payments too because they need to pay their um, their clients, and it's just it just get it's a clusterfuck, basically, it's a clusterfuck.
1: So, we don't really want to get to... Um, yeah, I think that's probably that's probably a sufficient overview yeah. of, of what happened. And like Alex said, if you if you want to go into more depth...
0: Yeah, and really understand it. a million it.
1: one. I don't think you'll ever understand. I, I don't understand it. I've spent a long time looking at it, and I still don't feel like I adequately understand yeah. all the intricacies of it. If you want it. to
0: understand most of the context, uh, I recommend Inside Job. If you just want to understand more the actual 2008, 2007, 2008 <coughs> yeah. crash... Big Short will do. And they re- they're they really good at explaining what CDOs are and all sort of yep. the technical bambles there. I think what we're really interested in is... Um, like how did it,
1: how our, did it happen at the, at the psychological level? How did it happen at the psychological level and also the reaction to the financial crisis. Yeah. So people were... Because obviously after all this happened, everything went to shit, the financial system's screwed. What has to happen? The government has to step in and bail out the banks. Yeah. This happened. Um, And, of course, rightly, the taxpayers were incredibly incensed by this. And, um, you know, out of this, we saw movements like the 99% movement. Um, You have a number of authors suddenly claiming that bankers are evil. Yeah, Um, And that's the question we really want to tackle. It's like, were, you know, okay, as Alex mentioned, this was a clusterfuck. But were, it was a systemic clusterfuck. So were the... People in the individual banks doing their individual roles were they just making assumptions about that? Okay, you know, like we're covered by insurance, everything's fine. You know, we're monitoring our risk levels. You know, uh, it, yeah, performing it's, it's, based on the incentives we're given. Were they? Were these people evil? Were they? Mm. Were they intentionally trying? Because this is this is um, yeah. like the film Margin Call, which is another great film about the financial so. crisis. Very good. Um, where in that they clearly and in the Big Shore too, they clearly portray these bankers as being um as kind of knowing what was going on and at at, at a level, right? at a, at Knowing a level. that there is some mischief at play, <coughs> but not yeah.
0: quite being able to
1: identify them. Right? was like sort of intentionally acting yeah. with the with the understanding that they would be bailed out and they'd be rich whatever whatever happened. I think that's that may be true.
0: Yeah, we, that's called, what we want to too, think about. What was it? It was too big to fail. Right, when, and that when a bank is too big to fail, they're, they're sort of they feel invincible, right? Yeah, and it's sort of because they've got this blanket where it's like, well, you're, if you do fail, the whole economy goes to shit. So actually, the government has no choice but to bail you out. Yeah, I, I was trying to find the number of like what the how much um, Congress put into the first bailout package, and I, it's either four hundred billion or eight hundred billion. I can't remember. It's a lot of bloody money. Yeah. Um, just look a couple of stats so you understand what, how this actually affected the world. By the way, so stat number one. 60 million people lost their jobs worldwide. 60 million people. Um, and that's what was counted. So you can't actually count the amount of people who lost, you know, black. let's call them black market jobs, right? So jobs that weren't on payrolls. Uh, but 60 million people who were either on you know on what would you call on the so, you know, social security or paying their them yeah. oh, what what's and the, the tax? stat the,
1: the stat they use in the big short as well yeah. is that I, I can't remember the exact oh, it's the deaths, it's 30, something like there's deaths uh, every, yeah. that's uh, yeah.
0: i've i've actually looked that up it's not it's not exactly how it works um that's globally that's actually not even in the US but anyway it's basically I, what I, you need to understand is that thousands of people die yeah. every time um uh, unemployment, unemployment goes throughout. up a, a percentage. Yeah, thousands of people die because they get. It's people who are already on the brink of poverty who lose their jobs, and a lot of them end up on the streets <coughs> and likely yeah, bad die. Things happen. Yeah, so it's um, it's pretty catastrophic. Yes, it's very catastrophic on a lot of levels. Um, um, uh, another stat you might want to know is the amount of money that was lost globally in value: twenty trillion dollars globally. Twenty trillion dollars. Yeah, it's it's. Mm. Mind-boggling. Um, it's good to also note that a lot of it was recovered very fast, but yeah, that's how the financial markets work. But just so you know, that's a lot of savings gone down the drain that people exactly. aren't getting back. It doesn't doesn't mean that the economy isn't getting back. It means the people exactly. who own and the argument aren't getting is back, uh, like right? this: this money could have
1: been spent in far better ways. Oh yeah, absolutely. Inarguably. So
0: good, good examples of this are uh, so when the crash happened, anyone who, who was investing in say any tech startups at the time or anything that was a was a small small company at the time. Probably went. That company would have gone bankrupt, and they would have lost all their investment, right? Yeah. So, um, I know I know someone who invested about half a million euros in a in a um, not tech startup, an energy startup at the time. Half a million euros. Now that startup went bankrupt, and obviously you don't. The only people you, the first people you pay back if you have any money, is creditors, not not equity holders. Equity holders are the last of the yeah. line. Um. So they equity holders got nothing. The the basically the company was ripped apart. Everything was taken by anybody who had any loans with them, and that was it. Um, that same company is now operating again, but under a different under a different name, properly, right? Or if they are, sorry, I, I don't actually know if they are. By yeah. the way, I'm just if they are, they, they'll be operated by a different name, and everybody who bought equity in that company ten years ago, owned nothing in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you need to understand that That's what; those are the people that were affected, people yeah. who had small invest. I mean, I know half a million euros doesn't sound small, but in, in the financials, Yeah, s- like the
1: systemic sense, effects of this, like long-term for small. people's
0: risk appetite, yeah. so like- you, People lost the, their savings,
1: Yeah. Stuff and, like that, but the right? like the effect it has on venture, the venture capital system long-term, yeah. like people, it takes years for people to recover confidence oh, and yeah. making Com- those sorts of, of investors, massive investors one, right? again. Yeah.
0: Um, <coughs> anyway, this is, um, this what we is, really want to look at is- This is us rambling again for too long. So there's this right. So let's think about it this way. So there's this conception at times that bankers are psychopaths. Yeah. Right. It doesn't help that America. You know, what is it? American psychopaths. Is that the? <laughs> yeah. American psycho. American psycho. Yeah. Uh, movies like that that, that sort of painted as though like all bankers are just these evil psychopaths basically. Yeah. Now there's been studies done on this, and the thing with psychopaths is that. They get found out relatively quickly, so they can't really stay in the same place very long. They need to move, uh, they need to move around quite a lot. And yeah. They have tells. There's really big tells about psycho- psychopaths. Like, they don't hide them. There's the difference with, between people who think they're psychopathic and people who are. People who actually are psychopathic, don't look at it. in the, They wouldn't even ask that question, would they? Yeah. They wouldn't have that realisation. And if they did, it's, it's meaningless, the, mm. the realisation. Actually, that's a good line in American Psycho. It's something like, right at the end of it, he, even though he hasn't killed anyone... He, he thinks he'd have that, that great um, epiphany, that great realisation, and he says, but it didn't come. Mm. Still the same man. Nothing's changed. <laughs> I'm still the same psycho. <laughs> um, so anyway, it's actually quite hard. It would be very hard for a psychopath to get to a CEO level, CEO level, or any C level, or any even vice president. Some of the studies that have been done suggest that to a certain high level, um, psychopathic traits can be useful and uh, can help you sort of get up the ladder. But... Th- it's it's still a very small proportion of people who yeah. would be psychopaths. So if you were to, you know, sort of, even even if there were a higher proportion of psychopaths in finance, it would still be a very, very small proportion of the people in finance. Also, mm-hmm. psychopaths in general are rare. It's not like a bloody, it's not a thing that, like, psycho- you see a psychopath every day. It's like, mm-hmm. they're rare. Um, so anyway, uh, there is a discussion about that, though, right? Yeah. It's like, maybe if, even if they aren't psychopaths, do those psychopathic traits... Merge well with the financial, like it, it, it's
1: a very like you have it, to. Yeah. It, it's a it's a sector where you're constantly engaging yeah. in in deals with different people. You have to be quite uh you have to be quite or ruthless almost, as well. ruthless, but you also have to be quite pro social. Yeah. So you have to you have to be able to engage with others in complex Absolutely. deals. Um, so if you were like if you had no conception of compassion, no conception of how other people are thinking, um, you would get screwed pretty quickly. So I, I think that kind of it, it's not. I don't think that's a valid valid point that people make about bankers in general. Yeah, it's just, I, I it's, don't it's actually easy, believe it. It's an no. easy it's an easy stereotype. Yeah. Um, I think the first framework that we really wanted to tackle this issue wa- with was um, one that we mentioned before, which is um, like Hannah Arendt's concept of the banality of evil, yeah. which you're particularly interested in. Was which was, you know, were these people consciously Trying to maximize their wealth in the knowledge that they could fuck over the system and it fuck mm-hmm. the system up and nothing would happen, yeah. um, or were they just um, acting within the bureaucratic parameters that they were given and just optimizing for for the incentive structures that they've yeah, been provided absolutely, with? Absolutely. So, were were the were the mortgage brokers were were the mortgage dealers like the people who were um, trying to get um, people to buy mortgages? Were they were they just
0: yeah, doing the job basically. they just doing their job? Well, right? just doing their job yeah. So, Hannah Rent became famous when she when she went to um, Eichmann's trial. So, Eichmann was yeah. the what would you call it the the controller of the trades during the Holocaust. Send the, the Jews course. off to Yeah. The su- not the supply well, and send of the- lots of people off to concentration yeah, the, the, camps. Yeah,
1: he was the he was the logistics guy, let's the call it. bureaucrat, yeah. logistics guy
0: who would organise which trains would go where yeah. and and how that and would how, be, how that would take place. Logistics, yeah. right? So he, I don't think he ever went to a camp in his life. Definitely didn't kill anyone. Didn't have malicious intent. So well, all of these, that's, know, that's the arguable point. Yeah, yeah. This is, well, this is his defence. This was his defence, and this was a lot of other people. And this defense. was Hannah, what Hannah Rent kind Hannah, of Hannah agreed Rint, with. Yeah, no, Hannah Rint just. Um, went to the trial in Jerusalem and then reported on it. Yeah. And her discovery, quote unquote, was that was this <coughs> banality of evil. So the evil that is that is that is not so blatant to us. Yeah, the evil that isn't evil. The evil that isn't like the devil, right? That's yeah. not that, that um it's not romanticized this, it's version not this of the psychopathic intentional yeah. w- desire to do harm yeah. to other piti fellow man. In fact it's it's driven by so she, she said um Eichmann was driven by basically wanting to advance in his job. That's it. Yeah. He just wants the next, you know, the, the promotion. That's next what he wants. Promotion, he doesn't he want rise, to kill anyone. Bring it's home what, for his family. It is what yeah. it is, right? He's just doing what it is. At least that's what she said. Yeah. And that translates very well with, with what happened with, with the banks. So it's sort of this, she calls it thoughtlessness, right? This lack of thinking, basically. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking about the consequences of the action. You're not thinking mm-hmm. wider than the micro and the what's going on right now. Will this, will these actions yeah. allow me to succeed in my career. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar with bankers. Or you could it could be seen as that, right? Where they weren't thinking about the consequences. It is also hard to fathom the consequences. Like most I don't know if if most people are able to. Yeah. Most people like even people in the financial sector, and I've met a few. They don't aren't necessarily the smartest people in the world. Like they, they might no. not even, they, even know like, what the consequences yeah. of them Creating CDOs. If you they look at their personal
1: forecasts, it's not like they were sitting there. Like people, I think there've been studies done since where they've looked backwards and to at um, at uh, like where they'd get the like pre prior to the crash, looking at what bankers were forecasting the economy to do, what they were forecasting um, like in terms of the number of mortgages they could sell, um, and you know they were all thinking that it would just go well ad infinitum. Um, so it's like, were they, that, that's, that feels like an argument against them being, unless they were lying in these forecasts, it kind of feels like an argument against them being, um, like evil per se. I, I, I've recently been, um, doing some, some research into precisely that topic and it looks, um, going back again to a previous podcast we did on, um, that looked a lot into like cognitive biases and rationality um it was looking at whether whether bankers in the financial crisis were acting rationally Um, and what they found was like using um daniel kahneman and amos tversky's concept of representativeness so it's like a representativeness bias they would say which is that um if if there's a particular instance in which uh, like uh, something is over-representative in the class. So like the example they the, they use is um, like, people tend to overestimate the number of Irish people that will be red-haired. Like the, it's actually only 10% of the population, but people will, like mm-hmm. when they think Irish, they think red hair yeah. often. Um, so they applied that sort of bias to the financial crisis and they went, they, they saw that, um, As soon as incoming data, like incoming data about what was happening in the world came to them, um, like if it was positive, they would massively overreact to that um, and and act accordingly. And if it was negative, they'd massively overreact to that, which is Mm. what causes these big boom and bust cycles. Same thing happened with Bitcoin. Like there have been recent studies looking at uh, correlation between like Google search like the number of people searching for Bitcoin in Google, yeah. and price rises, and it perfectly correlates. Like this, the more people searching for Bitcoin, the more Bitcoin price rose up, yeah. which isn't rational.
0: Yeah, no, no, I and mean, um, in uh, in one of Michael Lewis's book, in books, in the um, it's called *Liar's Poker*. He um, Talks about um, the amount of times that U.S. president died whilst he was in an investment bank, and he said this mm-hmm. is how news because this is how news used to really run around back in the day was through telex or whatever it was, uh, you know, from investment bank to investment bank, and he said U.S. president died at least five times while I was uh, at <laughs> while I was at um, uh, Sal- Salomon Brothers, yeah, Salomon Brothers, and a whole load of other, you know, en- you know, world-ending. Um, uh-uh occurrences happened and it was this sort of this this crazy mob attitude to like something happens and it just escalated and escalated 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 escalated. and that would have major impacts on the markets like well of course if everyone thinks the u.s president says well maybe you'll pull out of the dollar then suddenly that has effects on the whole world and Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. it's all of these things Um, Yeah, and it's like financial systems aren't
1: like it's it's not um, like unidirectional like if you if you take an action That that, that affects what other people are doing. So if you if you sell a stock, people can see that you're selling that stock, and more people are likely to sell. So you end up with like
0: this reflexive volume volume cycle. Yeah, yeah. um, But anyway, trying trying to bring it back to to thoughtlessness. I think it's all related. Yeah, I'm trying to sort of really think about like the banker mentality, right? So like most (coughs) bankers didn't know, right? They I mean, that, well, f- number one, most bankers didn't work on subprime mortgages, by the way. So it's very yeah. easy to just box them all in one yeah, place. Yeah, a, like, a load of people working most, on... Most bankers don't even work in investment banking. Mm-hmm. Most bankers work in other parts of a bank. There's corporate banking, there's commercial, but there's a whole load of yeah, things. and people were doing like IPOs for companies yeah. and, yeah. Nothing to do with this, right? They're, they're working on completely legitimate parts of the business that just have nothing to do with this. I mean, everything is related, yeah, yes. But highly beneficial sure. to the economy. Yeah, yeah. You, could, you could even argue that, or um, well, very easily argue that. Investment bankers are a small proportion of bankers, and they're probably just not as smart as most people would think, So it's like, they can't even predict a lot of things. Well, I mean, it's not. I, I think
1: it's like, how smart would you have to well, be exactly to, to be p- able to, well, to mm. be able to conceptualize the, the systemic risk that you are engaging
0: in? I, th- I think the risk, a lot of people saw it. The... The consequences, the global consequences, especially—very few people saw that coming. But the relationship between all of the different actors, do you think no, people that's could what have I mean. conceived No, so that? yeah, that's what I mean. No, but uh, there was a lot of people who foresaw the just the the utter madness of what was going on, yeah. right? A lot of people, were literally, obviously, especially in, in you know in corporate banks, which were completely you know, in the corporate side of banks. There were so many people who were, uh, and, I, and I know this because my dad worked at one, and he always tells me about this. How there were a lot of people who who raised, you know, big questions about what. Mm-hmm. what on earth were the investment <laughs> bankers trading like what was all this stuff yeah and i um, think i think a lot of people were more concerned about like the
1: tangible things they could see in the uk like how highly levered lots of the yeah, investment banks absolutely. in the uk were like how how much debt they had
0: oh yeah so the the, um, the lehman brothers one that's the most ridiculous one like lehman brothers were were leveraged by just i, can't, it's I, can, insane. I don't know if you can find out how so how much, 40 how much to one or something? Much, yeah, it's just, yeah, that was normal. It was insane. Like, of course they couldn't pay anything insane. back. They didn't have any money. To, yeah. you know, there was their cash flows were just at, uh, yeah. so minimal, right? Lehman um, Brothers um, leverage ratio. Is that what you have to? Think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean
1: that. I mean obviously you can you can understand why they did it. I mean, that was well, like, yeah, a, that was like, it was a,
0: fine. That's the whole thing. Right. So this is why I mean, this is the thoughtless part you can of You make like right?
1: a shit ton more money. That's, that's yeah. why you leave up. But that's, mm-hmm. so that's yeah. an example of like, well, that seems to be, I mean, I suppose if everyone else is doing it, it's kind of like social proof. It's right. like, okay. And then there's an interesting point too. It's like, well, you know, if, if Goldman Sachs down the road are doing it and RBS up the road are doing it. Yeah. Um, they're making a shit ton more money than us. And we've got shareholder pressure to boost our profits. Absolutely. Clearly, we need to lever up but- more. And it's like a battle. It's like a, it's a slippery slope down to like, you know, who, who he who lever, levers up the most wins.
0: Um, yeah, it was a mixture of, like, of that and this sort of infallibility of of investment banks and the financial system. It's like all you kept on hearing was the financial system is rock solid. Is rock solid you'll yeah. hear a lot of this and if you watch the big show you'll hear a yeah. lot of these guys who are just saying things like All fine. No, the mortgage market is, is rock solid mm. and it's like well well there was there was a lot of that there was also a lot of just taking these maxims and applying them unilaterally right without mm. really looking into them or like housing will never crash right because everyone needs a house but it's like yes but if people can't pay for their houses then you're in big trouble yeah, you're blind, in big big trouble blind optimism about the future yeah um so that's what i refer to as thoughtlessness it's more like people weren't thinking cuz the signs were there it's just you really need to pay attention right it's really mm. easy not to pay attention i like yeah you know, have have had had i been in that situation i probably would have been thoughtless as well
1: yeah it's really no, hard to so. not be
0: thoughtless I like, think so.
1: And people like the people who are critiquing the the sector which is a very popular thing to yeah. do like what we're doing here by you know we're not we're yeah, not, by the way, we're, we're not, not really we're not, taking yeah. a view. We're not saying yeah. like they weren't evil or they were. We're just thinking about it. But even doing this is not a popular thing to do. It's no, pop most popular no, just not. to say
0: they evil bastards. They should all be shot. Yeah, um, or saying that it was capitalism's fault. To say like it's not quite clear. Right, it's not really quite clear what happened there. But th- this is this is how it relates. By the way, back to was yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so it's thirty-one to one. <laughs> Whatever. That's still ridiculous. The, that's the, the how leveraged um, Lehman Brothers were yeah. in two thousand and seven. So, yeah, for every yeah, that's insane. Yeah, so for every one dollar yeah. they had that was theirs, they they borrowed thirty one from somebody else. Like, good lord! Which, oh, it's just crazy. Oh, <laughs> crazy, but yeah, okay. Uh, um, how it relates back to Hannah Rent? This is where it gets really interesting. Is so Hannah Rent talks about the Nazi culture, right? How or like Germany? Yeah. How were so many people? is it complicit 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 in in the holocaust doesn't mean that they were involved most people weren't involved but they they saw it happen right and they didn't say anything they didn't change anything there's people who they who were their neighbours but we yeah it's really interesting and it's interesting how that happens right and a lot of people will very very rapidly be like oh but that was there's just bad people and it's like statistically, you would have been one of those people. Most people mimic by nature. Yeah. Like, human beings' tendency is mimicry.
1: Like, you, you, if you see a large group of people doing something at a party, you mm. will go and copy them because yeah, that's it's social Absolutely. proof and you yeah. want to conform to the norm. And it very, yeah. very few, and, and there were.
0: Like, in Germany, there were a few people yes. Yes. who were, you know, the... Well, I think the, the church thing, was one the of the ones them, but like who think... Were, rapidly silenced people like there, were, yeah, there was educators and people the
1: church didn't the catholic church weren't that great but um, yeah in the, in the um, yeah I think there was silence quite fast mm-hmm. so that's the way mm-hmm. I've studied yeah, it they yeah they were a bit complicit too oh, but prof- um, the the yeah, like it, it's the people's natural tendency mm. was just to go, like, well, you know, they're doing it, you know, they're wearing the uniform and sending their yeah. kids off to the yeah. Hitler Youth, you know, we should do the same thing because, you know, if we don't, we're abnormal. There were this group of people who could, they could, um, and they're rare, like, it, I mean, it's out of this subset of people, you get like people like entrepreneurs, you know, yeah. In, in, yeah, in society more generally, like the ones who can go. Uh, the ones who can think differently, the ones who dare, yeah, the, to, the ones who dare to misbehave.
0: But yeah, and it's not even because the thing is, it's not even that simple, right? Because it's just really easy to convince people of these things. Yeah, right. And it's the same goes for financial markets. It's really Especially if easy they can't to... see, they can't right? see the yeah, evil. Like exactly, you know, like people
1: exactly. in people in Berlin couldn't see the the Auschwitz concentration or, 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 camps. They didn't even have
0: them in. Well, Dachau is the weird one because Dachau was in the middle of Munich. But um, yeah, but. Well, that was probably the most Nazi place there was though, Bavaria. But anyway, mm. the, the 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 point being is more like it's hard to criticize this. This is this is more than a this more than this being like um mm. you have got like a critique of people, this is like it's more an observation, right? It's not really a critique of human beings. It's an observation of how we yeah. react to groupthink and all this sort of thing. It's like yeah. well, statistically most of us would have been how, how we make been, decisions, yeah, how we make decisions in group contexts, things like that.
1: Yeah, it's, and I, yeah. I think the people underestimate the role this has. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when we, when we start sort of naturally critiquing people,
0: oh yeah, absolutely. Um, um, and yeah, with the with the bankers, I my my inkling is that it was very similar.
1: Yeah, there may have been a few people who were just psychopathically hey, could be could profit be.
0: maximizing. So in, in the big short, they talk about this guy who's this. Um, synthetic CDO oh, manager God he has them a slimiest yeah I mean it was, it was
1: it was the caricature but it was like yeah
0: you're hoping that he wasn't that bad right no, but if, mean, if, if let's assume God. that it was let's assume that it's yeah. pretty factual I mean, and that's the way this guy is you have to dreadful. watch it you really have to watch it and it's this it's just this dreadful guy who just yeah, looks knows like he's he like fucking car, over his salesman, clients right? yeah, awful. he just knows he is because oh, it's Pretty awful, um, and yeah. he's just you know he's he's there in his helicopter and his Crass, private lacking flights class to places in every yeah. form like so real caricature. You do get these guys, absolutely, yeah. they exist, they exist, and and it's more like so investment banks are happy to devolve functions <coughs> to them, right? Because it means well, we're not being that. It's them who are doing the dirty work. We're really not that bad. We we've just hired, you know, we've just put him there. He does whatever he has to do, right? Yeah, um, but at some level, people know, right? So it's one of these questions. Did CEO, CEOs know what was going on? Did the CFOs know what was going on? Hmm. Like who knew what was going on? It's, it's very plausible that they had... Absolutely no idea. CEO has so many things going on, this is just one side of it. Yeah,
1: it was was and that's important to note that Mm. it was it was a small part of the bank's operations. Yeah, it it might be one of the most profitable ones. It might be one of the most profitable, but it was just a part. You know, if you're the CEO of JP Morgan, you have to focus on the commercial banking arm, you have to focus on like a large part of your focus will be on like how do we position ourselves so that we are the destination of choice for corporate bond issuances and IPOs. And these are all these things are on your mind. So it's very plausible that they were aware, but maybe they weren't.
0: Yeah, I think oh, there's a quote somewhere which is, well, by some by some person, by, by um, a, uh, a woman, and it's in the Big Short as well in the book. And it's something like um, either they're all stupid or they're lying. Yeah, it's one of the two. And the thing with lying is that it's complicated. Yeah. It's complicated that they were all lying. It's more likely yeah, that no, and literally I, they another, just had no clue how people, bad it was. Another great thing I've heard people say
1: is uh, never attribute to malice that can, which can be attributed to stupidity yeah. Yeah. Um, or ignorance or, you know. Yeah. like it, it, Malice, it's easy if you see something go wrong and people are responsible to jump to it being um, caused by some sort of malevolent people, people if something goes wrong people naturally want to attribute intent to that thing yeah. like they want to go yeah. like you know you screwed up Some, some the system is screwed up people cause the screw up somebody must have had intent there yeah. but but screw ups can be an emergent property of something that's happened across multiple minds without them necessarily yeah. coordinating yeah. in some wider strategy
0: and there's also sort of there's there's different levels of malevolence isn't it malevolence there's, yeah. there's sort of like really base level where it's like I mean we all do this that's the thing like, that's the other thing is we all do this we all have some bit of that evil in us where it's, it's sort yeah. of you kind of know that's probably not the best thing mm. but if you, if you ever catch yourself thinking about one of these things where you're doing something that you mm, you probably think is not the best thing to do but you're yeah. going to do it anyway if you catch yourself in that moment it's, it's fascinating how mm. you lie to yourself mm. to make yourself feel like you're in the right like it's the right thing to do. It is fascinating. It's so what you know What I'm trying to get across is basically is, it's human. We all bloody do it all the time. Where yeah. it's, like, it's like this small thing where you're like, mm, "nah, whatever. It'll be fine. It's, it's for the it's for it's for something better." I'm yeah. doing it because no, it will like if we didn't if we didn't self-rationalize, we'd all kill ourselves. Yeah.
1: Like we we you need you need to you need to justify your Bad actions in some way, you need to rationalize it. Otherwise, you go mad very quickly. You know, like you know, just just this morning, like you know, I'd had a big night out. You know, we we've been partying for a long time, and. Um, I was just too tired to go to the gym in the morning. And I came up with all these rationalizations. I will go later, by the way. No one get angry with me. Um, <laughs> but we, I came up with all these justifications for, like, why I wouldn't do it and how it was a good thing for me to do. And it yeah. was fine. And, you know, I'd walked a lot the night before. And, you know, I danced <laughs> Dance, a bit. Yeah, that must have yeah, burned yeah, some calories. Yeah. You know, things like... We do it all the time. Yeah. Um, and Absolutely. I reckon they probably did the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on from this sort of... I think another thing we want to discuss a bit is, how, how can you mitigate this? You know, how do you mitigate these sort of bureaucratic nightmares, things like, how do you, how do you ensure that you mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. have a Nazi Germany again, yeah. a, a Maoist China again, mm. a, a Stalinist Soviet Union again? How do you ensure that you never have a financial crisis at this level? Yeah. I don't mean because there will be certain things you cannot mitigate, uh, yeah.
1: right? Loads of people have thought about this, like um, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, the Black Swan author, is is one who's like most famous one of the most famous people for thinking about this as applied to the financial sector with books like skin in the game where he I talks about I, I haven't read skin in the but the funny thing about Taleb is you can like his titles of his i'm sure the books are fantastic I've read one or two of them but they that you can get a lot from from his books just by yeah? being, reading the title <laughs> um because they give away they give away the kind of yeah, the, the gist yeah, yeah. of what the what you need to understand um but like understanding that you know if if these bankers had like a stake in The situations they were putting themselves in. Like, you know, if they, if, if they, there was like a tangible loss for them if they were to make a terrible decision, those are like the sort of, you suddenly start changing the incentive structures involved. Yeah. That doesn't mitigate for like cognitive biases, but it's certainly like changing the incentive structures. Yeah. And then on on the biases side, like, like this is something we're really interested in at the moment is like, well, how do you get people to make good decisions under certain contexts? Like, how, how do you. without forcing them to. Yeah, without 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 literally saying you're making this decision and yeah. this is the kind of this is the in, again going back to behavioral science this is what we're, the people are now starting to call like libertarian paternalism that great oxymoronic statement yeah, sort of um, where, you, where you're going like it, yeah. you're going like you know you're being paternalistic in the sense that you're going well this is a direction which we would recommend you go in but you're not saying like you have to go in this direction yeah. you're saying you are at complete liberty to make a terrible decision. But we would recommend you make this decision. Then yeah, yeah, you're just it. sort of like you're kinda of easing them in a direction
0: rather than forcing them. It's yeah, it's a it's a complex thing. Um, I'm you know, my take on this, my take has always been educate people so they can make their own bloody choices properly. Yeah. And if if you want them to make good choices, yeah, there's a balance
1: for how much how much well. of the paternalism you mix with the liberty is like a sort yeah. of it's like a pot. Like how much how much do you how much
0: libertarianism do you put in there and how much paternalism do you yeah, put in there? I out? mean, I'm super libertarian, these things. I... I, I Despise the idea that anyone will maximize even, human freedom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, no, but, so
1: I think we broadly speaking agree.
0: Yeah. So to, to to bring it back to banking, it's like so. There's that side, right? There's the side where you could make bankers basically think about it more in terms of their loss as well. Their loss as well. Yeah. Right. It sort of forces morality upon them, the mm-hmm. end, right? Um, but there's 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 something else, right? It's, there's something that's deeper than that, which is that thoughtlessness. That sort of that sort of how willing <clears throat> we are sometimes to just see. 0.1% of the picture. and yeah. We are blinded by that 0.1% of the picture and it's, it's yeah. so compelling. It's such a compelling argument yeah. to like bring people into groups. It's like, what did the Germans do very well? It's like they made a community out of Aryans. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's such a, it's a, it's but they a also, weird thought. Like, but like, they it made them love Germany and love this these pure Germans, whatever you want to call them. Forget that there could be an alternative. like Well, no, true propaganda not just that. There and... Make them... Like, they were willing to turn their backs on people they had known their whole lives because they were Jewish. It's, yeah. it's insane yeah. that you would do yeah. that. But it happens. Um, mm-hmm. There's this good... Um, I don't know if you've heard about the third wave ever. It it's this teacher who basically <laughs> ran an experiment in his school, okay. in his class, and basically created a proto-fascist movement called the third wave. Oh, wow. And it's not fascist okay. in the sense of like... <laughs> it it didn't stand for anything. The the, the the movement didn't stand for anything. But he recreated the, this sort of the, of being the super the super discipline and the the community of it the community aspect of it and how people are so willing to follow these groups okay. oh so I think willing. I have heard whether he like got he got students to start yeah. like fearing the other um, um, well no he basically so he started this thing called the third wave so first he he started by making them sit in class properly with their hands behind their back so that they would pay attention so he basically instilled discipline into them and they did a whole load of exercises he spent a whole day. Doing mm-hmm. these uh, physical exercises with them as well to basically instill discipline. Uh, the day after, he basically created a symbolic identity. So they had this sort of weird hand gesture thing, um, which was like a wave, basically. Yeah, and waves coming. in threes. give him uh, some sort of, group, uh, of The third wave. It's just weird because identity. third wave, Third Reich. Yeah, uh, all of it. But um, oh, this is super interesting. Okay. Um, I, I've got I've got a pamph- like I've got his, basically wrote, not a pamphlet. He wrote. Um, yeah. Like an article on it, so I've got sort of, it sort of, I got it. give it to you.
1: He he sort of synthetically made people yes. feel like this group identity, yes. and then they started. It's, yeah, that's
0: really interesting. It's, there's a way. There's also a movie about it apparently, which I haven't wow. watched, okay. which, which is just called The Wave. Um anyway, what he then proved, actually, you know Milgram. Yeah, Milgram got it from him. Oh really? Oh no, no, not Milgram. Sorry, the Stanford Prison Experiment. Yeah, the, yeah. not Milgram. Zimbardo. Yeah, Zimbardo got his. Um, is motivated. Well, no, he was inspired by this guy. To see, um, oh, and so cool. Yeah, it's okay. it's well, it's just some crazy stuff about just how we work, right, and how how willing we are to to um and how easy to it attach is. ourselves yeah. to this to like it's weird, right? So that Nazism, you could argue, Nazism came from a sense of community.
1: Yeah, so it's right? this like
0: pan-German. So it's this positive idea. message yeah. that overrides everything to the point that you are able to just turn your back on people you've known your whole life because, because they're Jewish. It's, yeah. it's utterly mad. Yeah. But we do it. Yeah. But we bloody do it. It's, it's insane. That's how we work. Mm. I'm not saying that <laughs> this is going to happen again. I'm just saying that's how that, that seems to be the observation, yeah. right? That we yeah. are willing to do these things. It's the same thing with, with Soviet Russia. It's like there was a positive message of community, <clears throat> of bringing the workers together. Yeah. They were willing to forsake the lives of four, 5 million Ukrainians for it. Yeah, Blindly. Do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's, it's, uh,
1: it's also the extent to which they distort reality, which yeah. is so interesting, like by, you know, altering the news or, you know, removing things from pictures Absolutely. and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. knocking down statues of the old world so that all you can think, all you can, like, our conceptualization of what the world is and what it can be is rooted in, like, the empirical data that we have around us. So, like, if you, if you have no concep- conception of what liberty is, like, you can't, you, you, you don't seek it. That's right. really, yeah, yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah, no, yeah, um, it's an interesting, and that's why, thought. like, you see, um, there's this like based on a book. Oh, what's it called? The, um, uh, the, the Man in the High Castle, the Philip K. Dick novel that was uh, turned into that, a, is it, is it a like TV Amazon series or? on Amazon, and it's mm. just fantastic.
0: The TV series or the yeah, book or the TV
1: both? series, both. Mm. Um, and in, in there's one scene in this where like you know it, the the whole. Premise of the thing is apart from like some sort of supernatural part of it is that the Nazis won the Second World War, and um, you know now we're living in a world where Nazis are running America and stuff like that, and there's a scene in it where like Goebbels, I think it's Goebbels or someone, old 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 propaganda guy, is he's now the leader of of Nazi Germany and he's would have happened, yeah, and he's he's knocking down the Statue of Liberty in in the US, (sighs) so that people can't consent replacing it with some sort of um like Hitler youth statue or something. Mm. And it's just fascinating to watch like him yeah. relishing in the conscious knowledge that he's destroying a piece of history and as a consequence they can't um they can't like conceptualise a future that contained American idea of liberty. It's fascinating. I know. It's really interesting. Well,
0: I, I think I might have a, a look at it. It's, just, it's, it's a, incredible actually how much stuff there is out there about this. Any yeah. book by Hannah Arendt? She can be a bit hard to read, but yeah, yeah, she really, can. really interesting stuff as well. Um, yeah. There's *Eichmann in Jerusalem*. There's, oh, I know I've forgotten all the other books. The origi- origins of totalitarianism yeah, her, is her a her number big, of them. A big tome which um, I read, and it's, it's quite hard to read. Yeah, I haven't read. I haven't mm. fully read any of them, but I've read mm. three of them in bits. But she was yeah. About, she was obviously
1: like the origin of totalitarianism. It's in the title. Like she was really yeah. interested in like how people get yeah, to absolutely. that
0: state absolutely. of mind and then also her movie which is called <coughs> it might just be called hannah i think the movie's just called hannah it was a modern one where they like yeah, yeah. 2012. Yeah, and there's a speech at one point which yeah, is at the end it's just fantastic yeah, and i think it's in new york at this yeah yeah i've seen it on youtube yeah Really it's fantastic. It's also anyway, very
1: well acted. but um, We have managed to divert divert from... We've managed to go away from the core issue of well, financial crisis, band, which we? we do all the time because we forget, <laughs> think, that, we're, yeah, we forget think, that we're being recorded and then yeah, we just start chatting. Yeah, it does happen. Um, I think that the,
0: the, the core um, message here is 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 one of... Yes, it's horrible. Bankers can be horrible. Oh, Bankers can be really mean and really bad people. man is
1: the key word there, and it's, it's complicated
0: it's complicated to understand whether it's inherent in them or whether it's inherent in every single one of us or whether it's an
1: emergent property of the system yeah. like the yeah. the system in which they operate which i think is perhaps the most interesting yeah, part, yeah, of it, like, part of it's it like is how you how you think about and you yeah you this is why it's, we probably went into like talking about states and stuff because it you you can get a bit socialist here but yeah. which i'm not but you, like how you think about organising systems, think, how you think about systems thinking, how you think about incentive structures, how you think about, um, how you think about accounting for human biases Absolutely, and systems, yeah. and how we build systems such as... Well, like and how a, you think about
0: accounting for people in yeah, systems. Exactly, right? human because biases and systems. There's, there's, there's a common um, way of looking at what happens in bureaucracies, the effacement of the face. Yeah. It it's when That's people you're working with people yeah. you're working against your clients there is no face there's no client there's mm. no person well actually sorry there's a client not a person there's competitor not a person it's it's this sort of eradication of all the human features of people mm. numbers numbers really do that numbers on screen just oh, yeah. very easily yeah. sort of really make easy. you forget that it's a person you're talking about yeah. you know? right so bank statements anything like that so it's yeah, like you Just look at in, in, you look at
1: like average CEO pay and the idea that it's it's like people what is it like some it's like three hundred times average worker pay now in the US or something average CEO pay and people go from that as like how could any human being possibly be worth that without thinking about like concrete instances like if yeah. you you know it's probably the case that if you look at certain CEOs you'd be like yeah. Yeah, they're worth that much. Mm. And you you don't look at, like, like what is the average worker doing versus what is the CEO right, doing sorry, in a particular I, I mean, instance. I get that like, too, but I mean it know, more no, than... I don't think many people would dispute that somebody like yeah. Elon Musk would be worth an, an inordinate amount of money to Absolutely. a corporation yeah. because the way his mind works, the things he can do, the resources that he can mobilize, the, his network, like, all of those things come together and make, oh, him, yeah. I mean, sorry, make him 300 times more productive than the average person. No, I'm, no, you're not. But avidly i avidly capitalist. It's, because just, these it's, things. it's just interesting to see how statistics
0: can distort our conception yeah. of, of what so uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean it more in the sense of how these structures, right, these bureaucratic structures mm. that we create, which it's weird because we can't live without them either. Not at this at the level that we live right now. It's really really hard to organise a world without bureaucracies of certain level of certain certain level of bureaucracy and a certain level of systems like that, right? Yeah. But it's interesting how they 361 tend... 361 times more? 361, yeah. Average 360.
1: CEO pays 361 wow. times average worker pay. But that, that that's a, like, these sorts of average statistics yeah, know, bother they, me but, because yeah. they, they hide so much detail. It's like, you know, well, you know, it could be that the average worker in this corporation is, is really not doing that much. Like, it's, they, they don't have a particularly productive role <laughs> well, as the average you, ce, that, that CEO in that corporation. Pareto
0: distributions would suggest so. Um, but Pareto. Pareto, um, <laughs> <Barretta, Barretta, Barretta.
1: laughs> Oh, God damn it.
0: Uh, but back to this sort of effacement of the face, there's other things, there's two other the factors i can't remember what they're called but there's this guy who explains them really well and i've also bloody forgotten his name (laughs) um we all do that but the 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 gist of it is basically that we forget we're working for humans with humans in a human for a mission right yeah and you can often find lots of companies who are in a
1: highly competitive industry where they're all working for the same mission and suddenly they forget about the mission and they focus on the competition and that's when a company dies like your your goal your goal should always be like you know, focus on the mission, focus on the mission. And people forget that. And this is, these are the sorts of things that we're, we should be thinking about on, in terms of systems like how do we get people to think in terms of missions rather than thinking in terms of competition and stuff like that.
0: Mm. Yeah, which, anyway, which, which brings me back to, sorry, not brings me back to, it brings me to, um, and we're probably going finish to finish on, on this, these yeah. last few notes. Um, I remember Jordan Peterson <coughs> saying once something like, I, I want my corporations to be super greedy. Greedy. He wants them to be greedy, like outwardly greedy. Mm, and I, I remember him saying
1: that agree with it in the sense of like that was when he was talking about the Gillette ad, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's sort of
0: I don't rather want- than the virtuous. And I understand what he was trying to say as well. The way I understand it at least is there's nothing worse than not knowing what that company stands for really. If they're outwardly greedy, it's kind of, you can really gauge it, right? You can really work with it. You can work with that. It's like, you're outwardly greedy and you're fine with it. <laughs> and you are, well, you're you're well, going to yeah. tell me from the beginning that you might fuck me over or that you, you're going to pursue that profit. I, I, to I some extent t- I agree and some I, extent I, I yeah, don't. Again, I, you I, know, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I know what you Given mean. that we're now in the context of starting a business
1: ourselves, like yeah. I, for me it's like, i I'm not a. I'm. I'm. I'm wholly mission focused. I'm yeah. Not. I'm not like. I, I'm not just going in it I for the money. I know. I know. I, know. I, but I, I do. I get agree. what he means. Like it's. I, it's, it's easy yeah. if you can identify that somebody is like. You know that person is after nothing but money, and it's like okay, now I know where you stand, and I know how to deal with you. This is what you. I mean. It's not so much of this so like a good. chaos it's just in it. It's much his, more effective, right, to his work idea with, of a world yeah. in which it's like a dynamic, a dialectic between order and chaos, yeah. and and that if you if you know where someone is it's like chaos mitigation system yeah, and absolutely. you can really easily navigate that um, um and um, what was i going to do with this uh i mean we can finish on just like basic the basic message which is that um like this situation is complicated like it's not it's not as easy as people would think like you you need to think about um, how like emergent properties of systems, you need to think about the biases of individuals within it. And I think it's very easy to just like attribute constant, uh, con- uh, attribute malevolent intent to the individuals yeah. involved yeah. in the financial crisis. Absolutely. Maybe that's true, but I think it's more likely that it was the the crisis was, a, was an emergent um, problem that was a result of misaligned incentive structures people with limited information acting in biased fashions and like in the future the way that we can tackle that is by just taking a really um, intelligent approach to systems thinking how do we how do we mitigate for human biases things like that
0: yeah, um, no, I think I, I think that's that's I kind of where with, I stand and I'm, I, I, um, I I think
1: a real large focus of mine in the in the in the near future is how we think about Enabling people to be better at, better enabling people to be better by mitigating human biases and yeah, yeah. I mean I think something else is is
0: teaching people about thoughtlessness, right? Yeah, it's something that very few people I think learn in a history class. You know, I think it's it's great, and I mean, you know, I love it. I love learning about Second World War. It's one of my pet hobbies. Um, Something I never really learnt was we never really actually never really gave the nazi german you know the nazi german culture a real good look we yeah, looked at the yeah, yeah. it's expo- like the thing its exponents so people who <coughs> you know the, the, yeah. hitler uh, etc yeah and you also look at what it translated into right yeah. so you look at what it looked like Oh, you don't look at like how really it could at how be. How yeah, it could be that that's what I'm super fascinated. People, that's what's always what interests right? me
1: most about Nazi Germany was like, yeah. and that's what,
0: I think that's something how people
1: get to that place yeah. mentally. Absolutely, not not the not the leaders, but just like the average person. how do they how do they get into the Nazi yeah. state of mind? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's that's truly fascinating. Yeah,
0: and the same goes, and the same with the Soviet Union and, and Maoist China and all of these pl- these places. That mind-boggling what happened it's mind mm it's beyond the realms of comprehension for, for you and me in the sense of like mm. if that happened today it's you'd be so sh- like mm. you, you, you'd, you'd die of shock if you saw something yeah. like that happening yeah um, so that's that's what I'm trying to sort of get at nearly. Yeah. it's like Think. I think I think the results there's, there's what you're saying, which is great, and those are very practical ways of of mitigating these this issues. It's almost but, like our separate personalities. In a
1: way. <laughs> like you, yeah, you're thinking in terms of, I, I guess, like on a more, I don't know, spiritual level.
0: Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking the, more the, on the, like psychological. A, I don't know. System where, yeah. thinking. Yeah, like a computer. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about people. we the robots. <laughs> and I, it goes back to, I mean, I say this about every bloody issue, anyway. It's like educate people, right? It's like I don't want my presidents to be educated. I want my population to be educated. That's how you get rid of right, stupid be, presidents. It would be beneficial if your presidents. No, but they wouldn't exist if you had, like, lesson to the United States. Forget about States having there. experts like I think if you just well, it doesn't matter. Um don't want to get into that now. But my point yeah. being yeah. teaching people about thoughtlessness as a concept, yeah. as a as a prevailing way in which humans tend to act mm. when we're put into groups, mm. I think is invaluable. And you can already see it happening all the time. So like I see it happening now, not not to the degree of obviously Nazi Germany, but like thoughtlessness is all over the it place. place. And so the and lesson we need to leave people with is think, think for yourself, think for yourself, especially. And, and think I
1: think with that we should probably Read. end. Read. Read and think. Read for yourself. and think. And I think next time maybe we'll do something a bit. We always say we'll do something a bit. Like I think we might bring on a bring on a friend. Talk about next music. Next time, talk about thinking. music or something something
0: more chill, yeah, something, something rather interesting. You know, spirituality of music. We can have a bit sort of a laugh. Of um, yeah, I, no, you can maybe nice. hear us sing as well, which would be that would we definitely are be. Funny. beautiful. We're not. I can't sing. Um, and save my life. And anyway, uh, um, this yeah. was this was actually really fun, at least for really me. This is stuff I absolutely love. Second World War financial crisis. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, thanks a lot as always for being so patient uh, and getting we the stats. Will see you next time. Yeah, hope you, uh, you join us or whatever's next. Bye bye, dear gentle people. We ask that you support the show by following us on our social media streams using thegentlecast.